Sounds like insects in the background, probably. Yeah, it's it's a real summer sound. It's Labor Day, in fact, uh, September, whatever that would be. Uh, 2015, if you need to know the year, in case you're listening from the future. Um, September 7th. I start teaching again this week, Thursday, 8.30 a.m., my first class. So i got to go in and get organized and remember what I'm supposed to do. Like, it's like I'm starting all over. Like, holy shit. How do you set up the the website just for the class? Like, there's a lot of shit to do that uh, ugh, we're not really compensated for. But anyway, I'm not going to whine about that. I'm going to whine about something else. Now, some of you will get a double whammy because... Um, I'm going to, as soon as I get back home, put out a little plug on the old Dixon Jane's feed that uh, I hope some people are still subscribed to. Real old-time podcasters, always new, keep your feeds. Don't delete a feed, because there are surprises. People come back from the dead. So, some of you will be hearing... A six or seven minute plea for me to say, hey, I'm bringing back the Dixon Jane zine, please write. And that's to reach listeners from the old Dixon Jane's podcast who didn't uh, jump over to subscribe to the new Baby Sally Talks podcast. Um, now, of course, Anthony Marcos told me, don't worry about that. Doesn't matter how many lists, doesn't even matter if you don't have one listener. Well, I'm sorry, Anthony, it does to me. I enjoy doing this. The act of doing, I get that part. It's the doing that's fun. Here I am, sitting in a cemetery. Why else would I be here if I wasn't going to do a podcast? Gee, it's pretty neat. Edmund Pugh, P-U-G-H? How do you pronounce that? I don't know, 1877 to 1947. It's a nice, quiet cemetery. There's not a soul around. It's right next to the Whitville Golf Club. Uh, but anyway, I was saying, I'm really, I mean, I'm, I'm ADD, right, myself, to some degree. Uh, I know that's where my son got it from. And I have to be, my mind is jumping from this to that. But I get, once I get hooked on something, once I get excited about something, I've got to keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. i got to, you know, like the other day I was in, um, HMV. I always go and think, well, maybe there's like... Some disc I don't have for $8. Well, sure enough, there were $8 CDs, but they had three for 15 But you had to go through the whole bloody store to find anything else that had that same sticker because often you're getting two for 20 or, uh, you know, <clears throat> other things that didn't match up in the sale price. You've got to find anything with a three for 15 So I picked up three Bob Dylan CDs that I, I didn't have, Desire, uh, Slow Train Coming, and Bringing It All Back Home. Now, for some reason, I went up to the cash with them, and then I, then I thought, well, wait a minute, maybe I've already got Bringing It All Back Home. Oh, damn it, my iPod's in the car with all the Dylan tunes on, and I want to go to the car. I tell you what, I'll buy it, and then if I have it, I'll go to the car, and I'll come right back to the store, and it'll be unopened, and say, I just got to switch this for another one, no problem. But I don't do that. I find a CD 
by this man. Uh, where is it here? Um, a cowboy singer. Here we are. Don Williams, 20 Greatest Hits. Now, I don't need this one. But I know I don't have it. And there's a couple of songs on here. I like Tulsa Time. Do we have Tulsa Time? Is it? We got a CD here? Oh, there's no disc in it. Uh, Tulsa Time. I Believe in You and Lord, I Hope This Day is Good. Now, Lord, I Hope This Day is Good is a song I heard in Nigeria. And the only reason, I've never heard of Don Williams. He's got a beautiful, sweet voice. But I was stunned that in my village of Nigeria at that time, 1980, everybody knew Don Williams. How the fuck did he make it to Nigeria? And you'd go into a little bar to have your beer, and you'd be hearing Don Williams. Jesus, this stuff is nice. This is really good. And you were just kind of stunned. Like, what the fuck? It doesn't make any sense. So anyway, that probably is what convinced me to pick it up. Oh, yeah, I'm going to bring back some old memories. So, oh, hang on, hang on. Okay, I'm going to fast forward. No, 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 no. we got to go to number 11, number 11, Tulsa time. All right, so it's just going to be in the background. I'm not going to, later on, I'm going to play Lord, I Hope This Day Is Good. You'll hear the whole thing. Um, but this is just to give you a sample of the background. But anyway, I don't buy... They bring it all back home. I put it back because that would be four discs, so I don't have it. Well, as soon as I get home, I realize, no, I don't have that disc. Damn it, I really wanted it. And in my mind, I have a picture of my hand holding three Bob Dylan CDs. And I want those three CDs, and I've only got two of those. And now it's bugging the hell out of me that I might have to go back to HMV and pick up the one. Only now, if you only buy one, it's going to be eight bucks, and I'm pissed off. So that means, oh, wait a minute, if I buy it... I could say, well, I got the three for 15, and I got this Don Williams CD for eight bucks. But the truth is, there's only a handful of songs I like on it. What a waste. But little things like that, it's like a, not a cancer, I don't want to use that word, but a growth in my mind that I I can't get rid of. You know, you got to put some industrial cleaner in your brain just to dissolve this fucking connection you know I don't need bringing it all down but yes I do need it and I like that with anything once I have my mind once I, I don't buy something it becomes really important to me like incredibly important I have to have it so now that was trying to explain how my mind works or doesn't function my wife scolded me today I rescued a chest of drawers from the garage, which I think she was going to have thrown out, or she had some plan for them, and I decided, no, 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 no. that's going back up into my room, because I don't have room for my socks and underwear, or my t-shirts, actually. Now, the drawers are sticky, and they don't work, and it's an old wicker basket, and it wasn't put together properly, and it's a mess, but I lay a pair of pants on it, and right away, Yuki, our cat, discovered this and it's the happiest place for the cat because it's high up and they love that it views the whole room the windows and everything my bed pussy cat wants that there and i was showing my wife look well look look yuki has a new place she's really happy my wife what the hell is this thing doing up here i threw that out i've got another purpose for it and no 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 like not only do my t-shirts need it but yuki needs it now 
And anyway, I, I, you know, she and she points to the cupboard and says, "Look, you've got a closet full of shit, full of boxes and crap. You've promised to clean up. You haven't cleaned it up, and I'm sitting here in a graveyard in Whitville, not dealing with this box of shit and all the crap that just sits in my room, and I don't want to do because it's not fun. It's more bloody fun coming to a gravesite and doing a podcast than cleaning up your cupboards." Oh. Seriously, I'm sorry, apologies to the dead, but, you know, honestly, it's just one of those things that I I can't do the shit I don't want to do. I can only do the shit I'd like to do. I'm just that stupid, right? All right, let's fast forward here. Let's go to I Believe in You, which is another question. I thought I liked the song, and now I'm not so sure. But anyway, this is just background stuff. By the way, you're listening to the uh, Baby Sally Talks podcast uh baby sally uh will be producing the new dixon jane zine as if you needed to know that as if that meant really anything uh to me it does of course uh but this is this is a plea this is another plea for those of you subscribe to this and not really picking up the old dixon jane's feed i need submissions in writing by september 30th it is now the 7th you have plenty of time to actually just say hey that's a good idea. Like Jason Reese, our good friend from Tennessee. I'd like to see my name in print, and I, I, I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a chance here. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm just going to write a stream of consciousness from a, a Starbucks somewhere in Tennessee, and, and I'm going to send that into Ken. And that's exactly what he did. And God damn it, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now the rest of you fuckers out there, do something. Come on, man, just fucking send in something. And don't deliberately send me in a piece of shit, you know. I mean, that would be hurtful. And, but I'm just saying almost anything goes. But it's a collective voice. And while you don't do that, think, well, maybe next time I'll see what it's like first. Well, what you're going to see is quotations from books like the one I'm holding in my hand right now called As Ever, The Collected Correspondence of Allen Ginsberg and Neil Cassidy. Because I love this shit. And all the stuff that doesn't get filled up, all the pages that remain blank because people don't send in stuff, will be made up of random quotes that I've personally selected. I've gone to a lot of trouble. I mean, I'll read these books to find, ooh, ooh, ooh. That would be good because that's a new insight into, uh, you know, whoever it is I happen to be reading. This was an amazing one. The passage I'm going to use is one that uh, Neil, I'm surprised it was Neil, Neil wrote to Alan explaining the effects of the particular Mexican grass he and Jack Kerouac were smoking and how you just get so hung up in experiencing something in the moment, but it's so passing and you're so much in the moment feeling it that you can't possibly communicate it or share it with anyone else. All they're going to see is some sort of strange outward response, but never really know what you're seeing in your mind and experiencing in that fragment of a moment. And it was very insightful. It really, really does describe the effects of grass when you're high and you realize, holy shit, I I just can't. And then he goes on to the bigger picture that, in fact, we humans can't do this anyway, even when we're not high. It's so hard to really be who we are and expect other people to to uh, to understand that and that's what I'm doing right now I'm trying to put myself on saying hey 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 
This is me. This is an individual. This is Ken. This is a unique being on this planet. And this is my voice. And these are my words. And this is the story I'm trying to tell you. Even to the point of putting on a CD in the background that used to touch my heart. And probably now it's just all too corny. you got to remember, 35 years ago, I'm sitting in a bush village in Nigeria, hearing this for the first time, drinking a lukewarm beer, and thinking, holy shit, that's kind of neat. Who is that guy? All right. So I'm going to end this little clip there. I think it was a good starter. Oh, here come the semis again. They, the cicadas have been a huge part of this podcast, the past several, in fact. Listen. Okay, never mind, never mind. This is the one I'm going to play for you later. Ah, okay, I'll play it now. I'll play it now without talking.
Now, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Uh, you might have got said, oh, those words are stupid, but... <laughs> There's a beauty to that song. It's just a simple beauty. And then there was some fine, fine picking, you know, to the end. If you didn't hear that, you weren't fucking listening, okay? It's your problem. There was some fine picking in that song. But the idea, and that's how I felt today. Like, I knew this was a holiday weekend. I've got to go back to work. Things are over. It's, you know, these... The reality, I always have a little anxiety. I've got a wedding to go to. My, my cousin's son is getting married, and it's a big, fancy wedding. I don't even know if I have a suit that fits anymore. and uh, don't know what gift to give. So I'm going to make money in an envelope. And I, and I, I don't like weddings. I don't like weddings at all. Uh, so I have a little anxiety, you know. And so when I woke up, or even last night before I went to bed, I thought, man, hope tomorrow's a good day. I want to feel free, so... I got up early enough. The cat always has me up early anyway. But I got up and I read a bit on the deck. And I, I just found some choice passages in the Jerry Rubin book. It's amazing. I, I mean, when you find by the randomness of life, when you can break out of your routine, nine-to-five dreariness of your job, whatever it is you're doing, and break free of that. And go on a road you've never been on. And go to a town you've never been to. And find a store you'll never probably go back to ever in your life again. But you wander through and you find, holy shit, nobody has picked this clean yet. There's some amazing books here. For a buck each, Jerry Rubin, where am I ever going to find a book like that? You won't find that in Toronto, guaranteed. That'll be taken right off the shelf as soon as it's placed there. Wow. A hard, an old hardcover with a paper cover still attached. And some just joyous passages of this guy at a time in, in his life when he's reflecting on the change ahead of him. He's no longer Jerry Rubin who, who does the book Do It and says kill your parents and tell students to burn down their colleges and destroy the ROTC buildings and is leading protests and he's a radical and he's in jail and he's on television every time, and he's leading these protests and marches. And then you find, wow, the guy inside, this poor little frightened Jewish kid, is a completely different person. And years later, he wants to shed that image and start to develop who he is. So the whole thing is about this transition of a man coming to terms with himself. They're going through all these therapies and... and finding spirits to guide him and it's holy shit this is just and you realize it's not the end point it's a stage in his life and he doesn't know at the time of writing that book what's ahead but I know because I've gone to Wikipedia and found out holy shit the poor bastard walked in front of a car in Los Angeles and got killed hit by a car or bus or truck and he's dead he had no idea he didn't see that coming literally Uh, but before that he starts pimping some new age drink called Wow, and he makes a filthy ton of money. And he becomes a salesman. He becomes he becomes a stockbroker on Wall Street. The guy who with uh, what's his name, the other one, threw dollar bills onto the floor of the stock market and got carried out to show the evils of capitalism um, ends up working on Wall Street. He doesn't know that. The time he's writing this book, it makes it so much more interesting. I can see his future, but he, the living person sitting in the past, writing this book, 
around 1975, he can't see what's ahead. And maybe that's a scene for me. Fuck, I could drop dead next week. And you'd be listening to this podcast saying, holy shit. And, of course, that makes me think, hey, I better get this podcast out, man. <laughs> I, don't wanna, I don't want this just left on my digital recorder. Nobody's ever going to hear it. Because who's going to think? Which one of you out there who's going to come to my door, tap, 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 Farnbrook Road, ask my wife, um, you, try, try reaching my son. My son would understand. be easier. Uh, can I get Ken's digital recorder? There, there might be something on there that uh, we need. <laughs> All right, so let's park that. Let's get on to better things. Guess what I did yesterday? Okay, per- no, today. I wanted today to be a good day. What did I do today? I sat on the deck, made my coffee, found a leftover sandwich in the fridge, and I heated that up on the microwave, drank my coffee, red Jerry Rubin. Great feeling, wonderful, terrific. Later on, my wife says, you want your haircut today? And I'm thinking, yes. I wanted my haircut before classes started. And I have this wonderful time of absolute stillness. I can become still like a rock and not move. And my wife just gives me this wonderful haircut with a little bzz, bzz, bzz in the back and then scissors. Doing my eyebrows and my mustache, my ears. And she does a great job. Oh. Wonderful. And now, here I sit in the graveyard. I didn't know I was coming here, but I knew when I got in the car, head out out to some country roads. That's where you got to be today. You got to be out in the country if there's nobody around. And that's where we are, and I'm feeling fan-fucking-tastic. And, top it all off, guess what I did yesterday. Okay, last piece of news. This is the bonus clip. Beep, 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 beep. Yes, I'm wired up. I booked my ticket to Australia. Leaving December 28th. Arriving December fucking 30th. Holy shit, how does that work? <laughs> oh, I'm going to Melbourne to see my son and to uh, go camping with my old buddy, fellow founder of The Rock, Chris. We're going to have a great time. I'm going to go to Tasmania. And uh, then I'm going to fly back. And guess where I'm going to stop for 10 days? Vancouver. I'm going to be in Vancouver in February. Yes! Oh, man, holy shit, I'm quitting that fucking job, and I'm going to travel. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. All is well. This is Ken. Yes, Ken. Signing out. Oh, by the way, I went to church yesterday. Of course, I know the ones who don't want to hear about church. It's all about conversation. It's all about conversation. That's what it's about. And I met somebody really, really interesting, a guy who picked up on my... Reference when I talked about being in Nigeria was like doing an acid trip, and uh, he had done acid in Victoria. An elderly Chinese man who was very bright, PhD, knows a lot about history, Chinese history, uh, a fellow head, and it was a delight to sit down beside him over a cup of coffee and talk. Wow. Okay. Don't wanna hurt nobody Don't wanna be tough Don't wanna hurt nobody Don't wanna be tough Don't wanna hurt nobody Don't wanna be tough
September 10th, Bluffers Park, my uh, favorite little bench. Uh, wonderful view and absolutely a beautiful day. You know how beautiful September can be in this part of Canada. It's just one of those days. Not hot, but sunny, warm, beautiful. And um, it is the transition time, but you don't feel it. It's not summer, it's not fall. It's just, it's just there, lovely day. Okay, so why am I here anyway? Um, well, I 
I haven't been to Bluffers Park for a while. I haven't really got back into that groove of, you know, four days a week, five days a week, drive down to Bluffers. I sort of got out of it, of course, with the summer, with my busy tour, and uh, then that little holiday, and now just starting up for school. Today I taught my first class. It went well. 13 out of 18 students showed up. That's par for the course, I guess. Um, I didn't realize till after class when I was going through the notes that, oh my God, we've got a new textbook. I held up last year's book or the last time I taught this course. And wow, everything's changed. So that, that threw not exactly a panic into me, but a think, hey, Ken, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. You got a job, you're getting paid, you got to uh, get with it, ma'am. So I spent a lot of hours this week slowly getting back into it. And at each semester that I come back, like it's, you know, I haven't taught there since last April. It's now September. You got to start over and you got to, oh, new passwords I have to put in. Oh, there's a new system. We're not using this email anymore. We're all on Outlook. Oh, I got to figure out how that works. Oh, how do you save documents now? We're sort of in the cloud with these things. And oh my God, but it's good for me because each time I do it, I'm forcing myself to think a little harder to figure out, not get angry. Like today I was trying to do the simplest thing. Put in a photo of the book. Like, you know, when I realized I had mentioned the old book, well, I better make it clear what book it is. So I copy and paste from the document. And then I think, why don't I take a picture with my iPhone, send the picture to my work email, And then I'll just drag and copy. Well, it's a Windows machine. You don't just simply drag and copy a photo into a a class group email. No. And that took me, you know, at least, hate to say 30 minutes, but uh, maybe almost that long to figure out, you know, try. No, that doesn't work. No, that doesn't work. Oh, you got to. What do you mean? You You need to put in a link and then you need to find out where the. Oh, my God. Anyway, it's done. I did it. I succeeded at every little task and uh, conducted the class well enough, made it. uh, You know, I I just, it's good for me going back and teaching. And that's why I'm excited to have the winter session off. Uh, My buddy in uh, Melbourne, the boy, as he used to be called, will be turning 60 when I'm there. So somebody you call the boy is 60, only because he was seven years younger or 78 years younger than the rest of us. Um, so we he's already lined up a vacation, a little holiday for us. He's booked all the places and uh, he's done a wonderful job. So again, I get the benefit of traveling with a friend who's planning out the itinerary. That's wonderful. My son, uh, number one son, arrived in Japan just before this typhoon that hit. If you've watched the news, you've seen there's incredible typhoon and floods all over, um, well, close to Tokyo, where my school is too. Uh, okay, so why is Ken boring? Let's change topics here. Uh, why why are people not listening to Baby Sally Talks and me sort of getting defensive and, well, oh, come on, it's still me. Um, I realized that today... I was going to make a comment about somebody, a couple of comments that the Scarborough dude would not have hesitated to make. And it just struck me as I'm walking to my car in the parking lot. Wait a minute. 
That's why some people say they miss this garbo, dude. Because I am kind of guarding myself. I did deliberately start a new podcast with the intention to make it something that anybody could listen to. I really felt sometimes sorry that when I put out Dixon Jane's I knew there was a lot of people I couldn't tell about because they just wouldn't get it. They wouldn't like the scarbage. They wouldn't like the swearing. They wouldn't understand my stupid rages, my coming home drunk, recording from the go parking lot. And I thought with this new one, it'll have a broader appeal and I won't be so embarrassed to tell somebody, oh yeah, I do a podcast. Sure, tune in. It was going to have a wider appeal. Well, in fact, as you know, it's had the opposite effect. It's taken away that individualism it's taken away my that maybe performer self who was the Scarborough dude who vented who had fun with it that's kind of gone and I am real I realized today I am censoring myself there's things I was going to say and I thought oh yeah Scarborough dude would have no trouble just going on a tear and a rant and screaming even if he was wrong he'd apologize later but he'd let it out. He'd let out what he was feeling, what he was seeing, what angered him, what was bothering him. And this new podcast with Ken at the controls is definitely filtering things. And that's not a good thing at all. And I don't know quite how I'm going to get past that unless I turn this podcast over to the Scarborough dude again. Or just say, well, sorry, we're done with uh, Baby Sally. It's now Dixon Jeans. Welcome back, listeners. That That's a possibility. I, I don't know. I just know that I'm aware of it, and, and I have a better understanding now of people who sort of say, hey, it's boring, and I miss Scarborough, dude, and so on, because I clued into The other thing is this bloody intro and outro I use, the ones I made that, you know, love is everywhere, it's music fills the air. It's beginning to depress me. Like, the past three episodes when I've used that, I've thought, oh, man, no i got to change this. This is depressing. Sometimes, I mean, there's other people's podcasts. I won't mention the names, but I could, I could come up with three right now who I can't stand their intros. And I say that because most podcasts I listen to, I love the intros, and I think they've done a brilliant job. And I was very happy with the Dixon Jeans intro because you had your Jack Kerouac, you had a little Miles Davis, you had confusion that didn't really make sense. And, and I think that suited the podcast and I like that one but this <laughs> it stinks it really stinks so uh, I've got to change that as well so stay tuned I don't know what this is going to mean I can only say that um, I'm aware of some things now that I wasn't aware of before and uh, I know that I have to do something about it and uh, so that's okay uh, I guess I'll. I guess I'll. I'm going to go ahead with it, but it's going to be. It's probably not going to be said with the same amount of venom and uh, anger that it deserves. Hang on. Oh, sorry, that was a bug. Um, there's a lot of people. The in Ontario, we have a new sex education uh, curriculum, and it's health and sex, and it's just so that kids know. You know, when it's not appropriate for somebody to touch you and touch you where and uh, lots of things. But, of course, it includes masturbation as you get a little older. And it includes um, 
um, same-sex relationships. So these are things that we know there'd be a lot of conservative people and perhaps religious groups who would say, oh, no, not my religion, you don't talk about that. And so there are protests. And there is a particular school here in Toronto where somebody defaced the school. They wrote in big letters, painted, shame on you. Now, we don't know who did that, but uh, the school was upset. It was embarrassing. But basically, half the kids have been taken out of that school and are making a demonstration, and they've gone into a park across the street, and they've set up tents, and they're teaching the kids under the trees, just like they would in the old country. And you can be sure that most of these people are of the... Islamic faith. I think I'm safe to say that looking from the pictures I've seen on television and the in the clothes and the man standing in front leading the chant. Um, this is just boom. No, you can't do that. Our kids are staying out. Either we're going to homeschool, which might be the rare case, or we're just refusing to come in and our kids are going to miss the first few days of school because we want to make a really big point of this. We want you to know it's not all right for the Ontario education system to teach our kids about sex education. Like, this is not acceptable. You cannot do that. We are going to dictate what you can and cannot teach our children in the public school system. Now, if these people go to a private school, well, there's still a curriculum they have to follow to get credits and so on. But two other boards have sort of backed off. The Peel Board and the Halton Board have just said, whoa, we don't want to deal with this shit. Not yet. We're not ready for this. So we'll just hold off on introducing the new curriculum for another semester or so. Um, but to their credit, uh, Toronto has gone ahead with this and said, no, this is, this is the curriculum. It hasn't been revised since the 1990s. This is for the kids' health and safety. This is stuff everybody should know. Kids are going to know through playground talk and everything else as they get older. And they're not te- teaching masturbation in grade one or kindergarten, but they might give body part names. I don't know. I haven't looked at the whole curriculum, but I'm just really disturbed that a group of people can dictate or try and dictate what it is. Now, all those kids who have been held out, they're all going to have to be accommodated. When they go back in, you can get special permission to be out of this course or out of that. This same school, by the way, is a school that has a mosque in the cafeteria. The cafeteria gets converted to a mosque so that kids won't miss prayers. Uh, Same school that segregates the women, or the girls and the boys. The girls have to be in the back. Um, I've talked about that before on the Dixon Jeans podcast, but I probably talked about it with a lot more anger And here I'm just reporting the news. But it bothers me. It really does bother me, and I don't think that's right. Uh, just as much as this stupid, stupid lady, and I can call her stupid because it's... No, she's not stupid. There's just a lot of stupid people around her. And I, and I guess stupid is probably not the correct word. Well, except it seems that it is to me. Uh, the lady who would not issue marrying licenses to the uh, to gay couples... And she comes out as a hero, and she's there on stage, and they're playing Eye of the Tiger, and they're just, wow, she's a winner, what a brave woman, oh my God, and people are holding up crosses, and and this is the other extreme, the other far right of Christian fundamentalists, 
who will not like today's discovery about three million year old bones of a of a, a, a an early 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 human that they found in caves in South Africa. Wonderful, interesting, wow. But uh, of course, they're probably can only be six thousand years old. <sighs> These people. Okay, so that's the next group that I'm upset about. I'm, I'm upset about the group here in Toronto who are protesting you can't teach sex education to our children. That's something only mothers and fathers can do when it's appropriate. Okay, number one. Number two, people cheering and holding this woman up for not doing the job she's sworn in to do, holding her up as a hero because, oh my God, the poor Christians are being persecuted under Obama's reign. Okay, number two. And number three... American fucking politics. Oh, God damn it. Donald Trump in the lead for the Republican Party with 32, 33%. A clown like that. You would, people would seriously, could you possibly believe that man is fit to be the president of the United States? This fucking country everybody lives in fear of because of the, the power that can be unleashed and the damage it can do and does do. And again... Sorry for my American friends out there. This is not personal. This is not attacking you, my brothers, sisters, cousins, friends. This is your fucking politics. The number of nutcases running for head of the Republican Party. I I mean, Republican Party. I can only think, wow, we are lucky. Because maybe, maybe, maybe that will give... The Democrats another chance, not necessarily Hillary. But what a circus! What a what a ridiculous sideshow! And I just finished a book of Jerry Rubin, you know, growing up at thirty-seven. You'll read quotes about it. Any of you who are getting the Dixon Jane Zine will be reading some quotes from that book. But he talked about being a revolutionary in the in the 60s. And then in the 70s, it was about consciousness erasing. There was a new movement. He called it the new consciousness. And he went through every possible self-help course there was at that time in America, all kinds of therapy, um, and concluded, okay, this is what's happening. This is the pattern. America will get wise. It'll begin to reject the materialism. They'll realize true satisfaction and and the fulfilled life comes from helping others and not being bought off with trinkets. And of course, none of that came to happen. He was writing this in about 1975. None of that came to pass. People aren't wiser. Some people are, but they're not holding the levers of power. (coughs) And you look at, oh, here are today's news. Rupert Murdoch buys National Geographic. Oh, Does anybody think that's good news? And that just the control of the media, the handful, the power of the rich, the the, the fact that the middle class, there there are no revolutionaries. People have just given up. Oh, well, it's just the way it is in America, and nothing will change that, and capitalism is still the best. And, you know, the saddest thing about it all is I don't think yet. Think of America as one person, and that one person was beaten badly. Somebody came at them with an axe. And that is 9-11, which is coming up tomorrow, so maybe this is appropriate. America is still in shock from that attack. Complete shock. The, The country is shaking from that attack. 
And I don't think people realize. It's like, you know, when some, there's a shooting or a knifing at school, and they bring in the grief counselors, everybody who cries, they talk, they put flowers out for their friend who died. I don't think that process has been done in America to, to the degree it's needed. And therefore you have reactionary Republicans and, and all kinds of people I know this Iran deal is not going to work. And there's a sense of just entrenching your views of, okay, it's, it's us, it's the Christians against the Muslims, it's, it's us against them. This, you know, we, we will only survive by just digging in our heels and dropping more bombs on those guys. And the fear, of course, in our own politics up here is that Canada will follow suit because we have a three-way race for uh, the new uh, leadership of our country coming up. And uh, maybe I'll save that. Listen to uh, what's left, uh, the podcast that Dave uh, Broadbeck does with Anthony Marco, which I really do enjoy. They, they do a good job. I, I've, I hate saying it. I say too many good things about the whole Anthony's podcast emporium, and, and it, it pains me a little to have to say that, only because I like to balance things out. And maybe I need a new podcast. Maybe I need to listen to somebody I haven't listened to before and say, hey, here's a little guy not connected with anybody who's doing a podcast, and it's really good. That said, I just listened to uh, or, you know, five minutes left in Squeeze Box. It was a funny feeling. They, Shane read out a tweet I had just posted to them from the ferry to Digby, or to St. John. And it was so weird that he got it in the middle of them recording their show. And it mean, hey, I'm alive, I'm there. Except all he did was talk about the stupid hat I'm wearing, which I'm wearing right now. And I love Shane. Thank you. It's my favorite ever hat. Came from Japan. It's nice. The beak is curved. It's a nice color. There's nothing wrong with his hat. I don't need a fucking Detroit Tigers hat to look cool. Thank you. Uh, anyway, I guess I'm, I'm uh, out of steam here. I, just, I needed to catch up. I've got another class tomorrow. Tomorrow's my 3.30 to 6.20 Friday class. And I don't know how many students will show up for that. Or we'll stay past the uh, the break time in future, but uh, I got a lot done. I've got I'm sitting. I've got a bag beside me with the new textbook I tracked down only today, and uh, an outline of the next 14 weeks of what has to be done. But I haven't even looked at the book. I've got stuff to do, and yet all I want to do is do the stuff that I'm interested in. You know, the beat stuff, the the Beatles stuff, the Henry Miller stuff. The stuff that I want to put in uh, Dixon Jane's zine, by the way, so far, here it is, the 10th. I gave a deadline September 30th. I've got nothing else except for the piece Jason sent me. Waiting on Francis Wooby. No rush, Francis. And uh, we'll go from there. Okay, boys and girls. Can I almost said Scarborough, dude. But uh, if I posted on Facebook today a picture of myself from eight years ago. You know those flashbacks or remember when or uh, anniversaries. And there was a picture of me eight years ago. And by God, I looked so much younger. And uh, I was clean shaven. And I just looked young. My hair was a darker color. And here I am today. I said the eight years feels more like 20. And it does. My walk is still crazy. I've... 
seen a pain specialist a couple of days ago. I had to see a, a sleep specialist because of my stroke. And, you know, people die in their sleep. And I'm potentially one of those people who might have to wear one of these fucking masks to keep my... To get enough oxygen to my brain. You know, that's, wow, that sounds serious. Holy shit. Because um, I'm, I'm not ready to die. I'm ready for a cane. I'm not ready for a motorized vehicle yet. But that day could be coming. Holy shit, eh? Anyway, enough of that. Thanks for listening. And a big wedding coming up Saturday. That's going to keep me busy. And uh, I'll probably post this Sunday. All right. There we go. Bye for now. This should be a short clip, but I don't know if I'll be able to do that. I'm in a place I've only podcast from once before, and it was many years ago. I remember it exactly. It was at nighttime, and it was when I decided I was opening a uh, 
a company for mediation and uh, Glanville Mediation Services, which <laughs> still exists, actually. There's even a bank account and everything. And nothing ever happened. I never did anything with that, like many of the projects in my life. So I'm wondering, you know, the book, the comic. So I'm wondering how many of you out there are thinking, oh, yeah, I'm not going to bother to write into that guy because there's not going to be a Dixon Jane zine this fall. And uh, you could be right, you know. But um, (laughs) on my computer, there's half a one. All right, anyway, that's not what I want to talk about. I'm in this spot. It's right the uh, community center, Scarborough Little Theater here, or whatever it's called. And I'm facing a house. I've never faced this way before. There's a big fence, a huge property, and it's a historic house. It's a very old building. Uh, it looks like a private home now. I don't know, but I know there's a sign outside. Maybe it's owned by the city because it looks like an official city sign. Yeah, gates to get in and so on, all fenced off. I saw... What looked like an eagle, but I guess it was um, a hawk or something. Giant bird just swooped by because it's all treed in around here. That's why I came here. I was looking for a new place. I didn't want to drive to fucking Bluffers Park. I didn't want to go back to uh, Thompson Park. (sighs) And then I thought, hey, there's this little place just off Markham Road. It's quiet. It's private. There's nice views, a lot of trees, and here I am. Okay, we've wasted two minutes. I guess I heard the uh, intro. I went back and dug out my old uh, Kerouac intro for this episode as it morphs itself back into Dixon Jane's shape, I think. Um, a couple of confessions. I got I to gotta race home because I got to get ready for uh, this wedding. I went and tried on my suit and realized, geez, I, I can't even button the fly. Um, or the waist, it, it just, boom, too fat. I've been too fat for years, so looks like black pants and a sports jacket. Okay, well, so what? Um, I'm holding a light bulb in a little package, an indoor frosted incandescent appliance bulb. That would be the fridge. Now, I got that because my wife handed me this morning, or this afternoon... A burned out bulb. And however she said it, I can't recall the words exactly, but it was like, you idiot, go and get a bulb. That's what it came across to me. And of course I got like, you know, a a dog that's had its nose smacked. I got very upset and sulked and skulked and why do you have to be so rude? You know, you just, you just ask nicely, you know? And for her, I think it was the last thing on a list of many other things that I haven't done, like, and by the way, what about replacing that fuse when I mow the lawn, which she mows the lawn, um, I have to plug it in inside the house to get it to, to use the electric power more. Well, that's not convenient. Wow. I better do something about that. But of course I hadn't. I was away and had that little holiday. So she mowed the lawn. Yes, I guess the fuse, uh, outdoor electrical outlet's not working, and no, I haven't done anything about it. Now, the thing that makes me look bad, I'm holding the the burned-out bulb in my hand right now. Um, last night, I went to the fridge to, I don't know, get a glass of water or whatever, and I noticed, oh, it's kind of dark in here. And it, it, I might have even noticed it change from light to darker. I might have even seen it happen, like, you know, when a bulb goes out suddenly when you open the fridge. 
But I didn't do anything about it. I just chose to ignore it. Like, yeah, so... Uh, you know, sometimes you put a, a carton of milk in the fridge and it sort of blocks the view of the, or where the light's shining and it's a little darker. And so I'm just, my mind just goes, not important, not important, not important, don't bother, don't bother, don't bother. Well, of course, when my wife opens the fridge this morning, she notices right away, hey, it's darker, there must be a bulb burned out, I better get that changed. And goes in, unscrews the bulb, and next thing you know, she's handing it to me. Well, to my credit, of course, I went out in a huff, straight to Canadian Tire and replaced it, but only because she told me to, uh, did not mince her words, it was pretty clear the message, hey, there's a lot of things around this house that just aren't being done. Now, I'm telling you all this because it's true. I don't do things. What's important to me? Wow, I just found one more little extra quote to fit onto a page that was already almost full for the Dixon Jane zine. That's important. That has to be added. That has to be done. It's got to be done just right. And the font's got to be right. And the size and the positioning. All that's important. As is recording this podcast right now. But changing a light bulb in the fucking fridge. Eh, didn't make it into the top ten. And I know that makes me sound like, what kind of a fucking jerk are you? Any other guy, any other husband worth his salt would have right away as soon as... He found last night, hey, the fridge looks dark, would have gone in there, moved a couple of objects, found the burned out bulb, taken it out, put it, you know, with his car keys. So first thing in the morning, he's going to get in there and replace it. If he doesn't already have replacement bulbs in a closet in his clean, tidy garage, okay? But I'm not that guy. That's not me. Just saying that. Just want to get it out there. I'm trying not to feel guilty about it. I don't want to feel guilty about it. It's me, all right? She married a lunk. All right? She married a lazy lunk. That's who I am. That's the way I roll. And I'm not proud about it. I'm not bragging about it. I'm not saying anybody else should be that way. Heaven forbid. I hope you're all better than I am. But it's kind of a, an owning up, a confession, I'm feeling a bit stressed because it's the wedding today i got to go to. And you're faced with a question. You go to a, What's the point of going to a wedding if you're not going to get drunk at the reception? Okay, that's number one. You go to a wedding, you're going to get drunk. Well, okay, we're going in one car. Now my wife, Yoko, let's call her, doesn't like to stay late. That's fine. That's good. But she doesn't care for really for driving home in the dark. So really, if I was a good husband, the husband who changed light bulbs in fridges as soon as they went out, would say, okay, honey, no problem. We'll leave together. Whenever you're ready, you just say so and we'll go. I don't need to stay behind and get drunk with my cousin and the other guys who like to stay behind at weddings and get a little drunk. I don't need to do that. Heck no. Um, so... There's already like a a strain. I don't know what I'm going to do. Am I going to say, well, here are the keys. Are you going to be okay? I mean, the right thing to be to do would be, well, if my wife is coming, I'm just not going to drink at all. I'll have a glass of wine maybe or two at most. But, hey, i got to be in shape to drive home. None of that after dinner 
drinks or, you know, a couple of beer to get warmed up before they serve dinner or this or that or, oh my God, the scotch at the bar. No, no, no. I shouldn't do any of that. I should just be thinking right away what's best for my partner, who I wanted more than anything in the world way back then. I should just be thinking of others, not myself. That's who I should be. So I don't know how it's going to play out. I don't have a clue. I know what the good thing to do if I was a good person would be. That's easy. Just go home. Um, But there'll be that temptation and there'll be that question at one point and it depends how much I've already had to drink because once you're, you've had a couple of drinks, your judgment is off, right? And you start thinking, whoa, I want to go in this direction. This is fun. And yeah, I want more wine. Sure. That red is going down very, very nicely. Whoa, a little bubbly too. Wow. Yes, please. Thank you. And then it's too late and I can't drive. And then she might say, it's okay. You stay. And I'll say to myself, hmm, does she really mean that? Is she really going to be okay? Or, of course, she's only saying that to be polite and really any gentleman worth his salt, which clearly I'm not, would, uh, no, 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 let's go, let's go. You can drive if you don't mind driving, but I'll be right there and I'll navigate and I'll make sure we get home safely together. So I'm just going to stop it here. Like I, you know, leave you in suspense. You won't know till my next podcast. This is a cliffhanger. This is like the end of Coronation Street. Oh my God, is Tony really going to beat the shit out of that worm of a guy? Uh, you know who I'm talking about. If you watch Coronation Street, is Tony really going to get? What's going to happen now? Holy shit! This looks serious. And he deserves it. Deserves a good beating. No, not me, not me. The, the creep, the drug dealer, you know, the, the father of uh, David's little boy. All right. Anyway, let's, uh, let's wind this down. Listen, I, I am making, I, I have listened back to myself and I realize I probably have to go back to being the Scarborough dude because it's not right. Like, when I drove past Canadian Tire to get this bulb... And I saw two women outside, oversized women, let me just put it that way, oversized women, sitting on those big fucking scooters outside the garage entrance, both smoking. And my thought was, holy fuck. Jesus, you're not all that old. You're going to be on those scooters. We're going to be supporting you the rest of your fucking lives. And here you are sitting out there smoking. What are you doing to actually look after yourself? And, and of other voices, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, buddy, calm down. You can't even walk properly. You know your number's up soon enough, and you're going to be riding one of those fuckers. So who are you to criticize anybody else who's sitting on a smoker just because they happen to be smoking, sitting on a smoker, sitting on a scooter, just because they happen to be oversized and smoking. You got no right to say nothing. Scarborough did might, but Ken, hey, hey, you sure don't have the right to say anything, okay? And that lady who you almost choked when you saw, I no, I didn't choke, who, who made me almost choke 
when she stepped out of her car in those fucking gold shoes and holy fuck, an ass and hips as wide as a fucking... Jesus Christ, the kind of thing you see in these goddamn Walmarts. You know, when you, you go to Facebook and they say, hey, here are some pictures of who's in Walmart these days. Check this out. Check the butt crack on this one. Check the fucking tits hanging out here. Check this fucking picture. Holy good God. Are these real humans? Or is this a fucking circus? Is this for real? Good God, how did that woman ever get herself into that shape? And here she is, fucking heading into big fucking whoppers to feed that ass. Okay, right? So my point here, Scarborough can say that, Ken's can't say that, if on this podcast people find that more entertaining, and if my job in any way is to entertain people, or to put out something that people actually want to listen to, I might have to relinquish controls. Ken might have to give up controls, as I just said previously, and turn this back over to the host, the new host of the Baby Sally podcast, the Scarborough Dude. We're not there yet. We haven't turned that corner just yet, but oh my God, we're getting awfully damn close. Okay, just going to leave it there. I could have chopped off those last four minutes, but... Uh, I think we'll just leave them in. Oh, my God, I can still see her, and I can't unsee her. And holy Christ, sometimes you just, you think, oh, my God. What the fuck is happening? All right, all right, enough. We'll end there. Bye for now. Stay tuned next week. Find out what happens at the wedding. Oh, yeah, you'll know. I'll I'll record something tomorrow for sure. Bye-bye.